Welcome on, thank you for tuning in to the Fat Hombres FC Podcast, where we focus on things pro soccer in the DMV and across the United States. This is Selmania from the Sports Pulse, and joining me as always, Mario Maya from the Tipo Latino. Mario, how are you doing this evening? I am doing all right. Uh, I thought I was going to have a nice week off, but alas. Yeah, we both did. We were originally going to have a week off, but we're going to do a quick, short episode here, hopefully. As uh, breaking news happened earlier in the week, where DC United announced officially that it was parting ways with midfield striker Taxi Funtas after the league investigated a incident and determined that there was credible evidence that he used a racial slur towards another player. Here is a statement from Major League Soccer. DC United and forward Taxi Funtas have mutually agreed to terminate his contract effective immediately. Taxi was placed on administrative leave by MLS on July 21st, following what the league determined were credible allegations that he used prohibited and discriminatory language against another player. There's no place for racism, homophobia, misogyny, or discrimination of any kind in our sport and world, and DC United do not tolerate any acts of this nature. So for those who are unaware, it has been reported by multiple outlets that Funtas and teammate Nigel Roberto were placed on administrative leave on July 21st due to an incident that happened during and after DC United's 4-0 loss against the New England Revolution on July 15th. After both players exchanged words on the field, the issue continued in the locker room where words were exchanged again. Roberta struck Funtas with a foam roller, which is used for cramping purposes, and then Funtas yelled explicitives towards his teammate. During this investigation, a couple of days later, Roberta was allowed to return back to team activities while Funtas remained on leave. During his press conference, Following DC United's 3-0 loss against Liga Meki side Pumas, Wayne Rooney said the club is giving Roberto all of his support, and he left everything in terms of taxi status to the league and the club's hands due to the investigation. This is the second time that Funtas has been investigated for an allegation using discriminatory language. For those who don't remember, last year MLS investigated him after Funtas was found to have said something towards my Inter-Miami defender Damian Lowe during a match. However, after an investigation, which included the referee's feedback, multiple players, and the use of audio and video, it was determined that while the allegation was credible, it could not find corroborating evidence. Mario, what are your thoughts? I mean, for the for those who listen to this podcast, we know Taxi's credentials. No need for me to state it. One thing we will state is that Following an all-star season last year, Taxi ends his time at DC United with a weaker production rate in 2023, only scoring six goals around the same time period where he scored double digits and only providing one assist. He has missed multiple games due to injuries and international call-ups. And prior to this podcast, I did check, Taxi has yet to um, release a statement based on this investigation, instead putting up a new profile pick representing his time with the Greek national team. Mario, what are your thoughts on MLS's conclusion and how the club wrapped up this whole situation? 
I think there was no other conclusion at this point other than this was going to the contract termination of Taxi Funtas. Uh, especially considering that you had multiple teammates that uh, the investigation must have had multiple, uh, like asking multiple teammates what happened. And when they're corroborating the story, and when Wayne Rooney comes out and says that the club is offering Nigel Roberta support, and doesn't say anything about you. Yeah, you kind of figured it was go- it was going to come to this. And again, I've said it before. Like, if you do this to a teammate, it's kind of a whole different thing. Yeah, it was bad when he did it the first time around. But again, they never really found substant. They never found like corroborating evidence that he act that he said something. But there was a credible. There was it was a credible allegation. They just couldn't really get piece it all together. This time around, if I'm have if I have to guess on MLS's investigation is they not only had a credible allegation, but you could kind of corroborate it together where you could actually act le where you could actually act accordingly. So I think DC United waiting for the outcome of the investigation and then just going on what they were gonna do, what steps they were gonna take with in this matter, they kind of did a good job in that in that regard. And again, it, just like they said in their statement, there is no place for any any type of discriminatory or racist language of any kind in, in this league. And it shows that it's not going to be tolerated. And again, you did it to a teammate like it's a whole it's a different animal that you do it to your own teammate at this point. But yeah, I think DC United kind of went did did what they needed to do in this situation. It's important to note them specifically the athletic has reported that um, there were no players around the first part of the argument. However, during the later argument with the foam roller, the foam roller itself, there were coaches and teammates to have seen what happened and as we know, uh, before the start of the tournament, um, we had Russell Knauss confirm that the league were talking to players. So at some point, there was going to be a smoking gun. If it happened in the locker room, there are cameras in the locker room. People saw the incident in Gillette Stadium on the field. Um, it was going to turn. Yeah, at first it was a he said, she said kind of situation, but... Once you heard that the players were being interviewed, coaches were being interviewed, at that point you knew something was up. And the way Wayne kind of addressed it, you knew that the club was ready to move on at that point. And you could kind of see it in his face, like, just say the word and we want to move on. Or, I mean, there's nothing else to add. I think Taxi ruined his own legacy. I, Yes, it's been reports that he apparently tried to get a polygraph test. I really don't think the polygraph helped anything. If anything, all it did was tell DC United, hey, give me an out however possible. That makes it clean so I can go to another club and play football again. And he will play football again. I think the way they the way this happened was the club the league said, This is what we found. Before we hand out a suspension, I'm, we're going to let you do your thing. And DC United said, hey, we'll give you an out. Either we give you a buyout and you can't play until January, or we'll cut ties and you can start looking for new clubs now. 
and Taxi chose the latter. That's my assumption on the situation. I don't like to guess or anything, but based on contracts and based on my knowledge of DC finally getting uh, once Audi opened an HR program, getting everybody to follow different protocols, especially following the incidents that happened during the pandemic where they had literal employees and part-timers uh, doing the security watch, not actual security. Um, DC has tried to improve its office and when you have multiple players reportedly and people in the front office saying taxi's got to go, I'm not going to give names, obviously, but I do know I can confirm a couple of the athletics reporting that there were people in the front office going, this is not worth our time anymore. He's a great player, but it's not worth it. They tried to tell him they couldn't. At the end of the day, you can't have that in your locker room. You just can't. And so... Both sides elected to probably part ways versus having the, the, the league announce a suspension because he would have been suspended. There's no doubt in my mind he would have been suspended. And I know there's a part of the fan base that's going, you know, results over everything. Man, there's sometimes there's I was just talking about this with a friend. Do you not want to have beef with anybody? Like, do you not do you not want to just live life without beef? I do. I love not having beef with anybody. And right now, DC United is not in the in the in the position to be okay with beef. They are trying to regain some members of the fan base that they miss. There were members of the fan base that chose not to participate due to this taxi with the situation. Luckily for DC United, they had a couple of breaks because of the League's Cup that they the fans didn't have to worry about. It. So. At this point, it's a clean break. There's 10 matches up in the season, and they can find another way to play like they've had multiple times this season without tactical dust, part of the roster. Right, and also having beef is never good, to be honest with you. It's, <laughs> ne- it's, ne- it's never a right look when you're, when you're involved in beef with someone or with a group of people. It's, it's, just, it's, not, it's no way to live, so yeah. I think the clean break was probably the best option because if you were to said, you know, we're not going to terminate your contract, you're either screwed because you're probably going to get, you're most likely going to be suspended for the rest of the season. With 10 games left, like there, there's just no way that you were avoiding that altogether. And so that, that pretty much, pretty much just the best option. Uh, best course of action at that point was just a clean break. And part your own part your on your own separate ways at that point. Exactly. So it it sucks that it happens to DC United. Like again, it's fans. And and, and also we now realize that you could use a foam roller as a weapon. <laughs> exactly. And look, I say this as a person that knows the area, knows the fan base. It sucks for these fans because right now they're dying for a team that they can they can cheer for that they can see going to the playoffs. And I think. The word I saw be tweeted out earlier this week from a fellow journalist was members of the fan base are slowly getting jaded or have been jaded for a while. And they blame the front office, obviously. They blame the lack of change in terms of the general manager position, um, giving Lucy Rushton a part of time, keeping Dave Casper. There's a lot of, you know, moving parts in their eyes. I see it as I feel bad for them. Like they were sold that this guy 
was going to be a transformative star, but he ended up being decisive. Like he divisive. Divisive is the word I'm looking for because he, you know, you don't get multiple allegations of the same thing. And that's just the reality. Like, and again, one of those allegations coming from a teammate. Exactly. That's where I'm like, you lose me. And and regardless of what people feel, like where you, some people are results driven, he's a great player, this, that, and the third. Again, you as a club have to look at it as a business perspective, also as a community perspective. The business end would have been, you can't sell this dude. And if you keep him past the investigation and they say, yo, we have evidence to say, that says he said this, we're going to suspend him 10 games. Does that make him attractive to other teams? No, he's coming on a contract year. So you can't even sell him. And he's probably going to get a free contract somewhere else at the summer. So you can't sell him once the, the information comes out. And no one's going to want him. You probably can't trade him in the league. And your community is going to hate his guts for it. Now, I know some people are going to be like, you can can ignore those members of the fan base, whatever. No, there's a difference between going to get results and pleasing your fan base and knowing when to cut it off and realize you can't lose your fan base. There have been multiple times where DC United has chose the fan base over simple over simple roster decisions. This was one of those cases where this was easy. It's cut and dry. He offended a teammate. Regardless of how some members of the fan base feel about, oh, but he's such a great player or whatever, at the end of the day, that's their locker room. If a boss of yours kept someone who allegedly hurled racial insults towards your coworker, you're going to have a dozen questions. And that's just the reality of the situation. And to pretend that that's not what's happening here, you'd be mentally disturbed to not realize that. Right. And on top of that, like, you got to keep, I think you got to keep the welfare and just the, the unity in the locker room. And if they're not banging with you because you said you were out of pocket and said something out of line, then no, you're going to have to go. When you lose the locker room and your own teammates in that situation, no, it's, it's something that's un, that's unsustainable. It can't you can't go on any further. So at that point, be I think more. I know some people, like you said, some people are more results driven. But I think if you think about the in the grand grand scheme of things, is you don't want to piss off your fan base and you don't want to piss off a player that was offended in this situation just because you want to maintain results. It was either damned if you do, damned if you don't in this situation. I'm probably using wrong, wrong, wrong words here, but yeah, it wasn't going to be sustainable either way. So the be- so again, your best option was to just cut, just mutually part ways at that point because no, it was going to be a bad look if you kept them. Not only were you not going to count on them for the rest of the season because the suspension was going to be great, uh, but then you would alienate the fan base a little more. And you'd probably piss off some people in the locker room. And you also don't want to do that. Yeah. And in terms of a business perspective, we now know that DC and I will have a designated spot, designated player spot open now that the taxi is gone. The transfer window at MLS has closed. I know people are hoping that they reopen it. That's illegal by FIFA. You guys are weird. Uh, <laughs> but um, while they have limited options, 
they can either fill it, the spot up sooner with a free agent that was a free agent prior to the transfer window closing before and they need to sign them right away before September 13th or wait till the winter time to get a new DP. Now, here's from Tom Bogart from The Athletic, quote, MLS clubs can sign free agents until the roster freeze on September 13th. If players have had to have been out of contract before the MLS transfer window closed, less excitingly for DC, it could take one of its players who make the senior maximum as its third DP to save some allocation money if they wanted to go through that route. If the club chose to go to the free agent route, there's a couple of enticing options, including Jesse Lingard, DC manager Wayne Rooney's former teammate, who is available after leading, leaving Nottingham Forest. He could fill a similar attacking role to Funtas, though they're both different players. Colombian forward Alfredo Morales is a free agent after his Rangers contract expired this summer as well. Unquote. So there's a couple options. Mario, you're the more fervent DC United fan of us too. Where do you think United should go on this route? Should they hold off for the winner or should they do a single push here for something a la Gareth Bale last year by LAFC for this super playoff push that need I remind everyone, Wayne Rooney said the goal was to make the playoffs. Well, uh, Ike, you could also add Alexi Sanchez to the uh... – to the equation i believe he's out of contract for marseille so that's an option but me personally i think you should look inward and by inward let ravel morrison play <laughs> okay you have Ra- you have ravel morrison just sitting there doing nothing we've been talking about this since february man i think it's time that you kind of bury the hatchet a little bit wade you're gonna need the help. Ravel Morrison is someone that can create, that can help create off an offensive spark. It's kind of something you need. It doesn't necessarily fill a taxi role, but it kind of gives you that. It gives you that option. So you know, maybe it's time to tell Ra- to tell Ravel Morrison, like, hey, I'm sorry. You're sorry. Let's let's mend fences and let's get on to this magical playoff push. Would like to remind DC United fans, Ravel Morris is currently being paid by DC United a base salary of a hundred and eight no $850,000 with a guaranteed compensation of $922,000 to do absolutely nothing. And I got to respect Mr. Morris in this. He probably is playing somewhere, like training to get ready for his next club. He is collecting every dollar possible. I got to respect that. I really do. I got to say that I respect that. Mario has a point. It was recently brought up on Twitter by Pablo Maher. I could not help think that Mario has been sitting here saying this almost every day. Bring Ravel Morrison back. Might as well. What is he? What what are you doing outside of paying him to do much of nothing? Again, I respect Ravel Morrison. Collector, collect the money where you can, boo boo, secure the bag. But at the same time, you know you need some midfielders. He's there. Not only do they need midfielders, they need a guy to play behind the main striker. 
that was Rabel's position all along. He was never a winger. He was never a forward or or number. They tried to make him into a box-to-box last year. Wayne played him every position minus defense last year. Like, why hey, not? Man, at this point, you know, wingbacks are falling like flies. Might as well play him at wingback, too, <laughs> while we're at it. <laughs> so, so I'm at the point now where it's like, yeah, if they bought back Rob, I'd be like, cool. Whatever. Like, <laughs> like, it's just, sure. <laughs> I, again, I always thought they should have used the buyout with him, but alas, here we are. DC still hasn't used the buyout. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> We've been talking about this since February. We've been talking about this since their preseason tournament in, in Coachella. He's and we still, still here. We still haven't gotten a proper explanation from Wayne outside the original one at the time was he he just doesn't fit he doesn't fit our roster plans. Like that was it. Like <laughs> and I was like well, Victor Paulson left. He now fits your roster plan, sir. Victor Paulson's gone. Taxi's gone. That's two key pieces of your midfield now gone. Like got it. Roster plans now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So kind of need that midfielder and if he's there i mean why not it's not like you're putting jeremy Goray out there to get some minutes so it's just you might as well all i'm gonna say is i'm as i do see where tom bogart said you know bringing jesse lingard he's a totally different player but he would play good well behind this behind christian Bezeke. i think that they would clog up lanes which is not good i think that you're you're not getting the same person, but I do expect Jesse Lingard to be more free roaming and possibly blocking some passing lanes that would normally just go straight to uh to Christian Pateke. So that's my only fear. Outside of that, I that's a probably good pickup. I do agree, Alexis Sanchez, uh, the Chilean striker would be good, but he kind of plays the same role that that you would give Benteke, so I don't see how he'd be beneficial. If they're going to go like for like, there is a free agent out there that could be convinced to take a cheaper deal. And that free agent is Eden Hazard. Like, Eden Hazard was seen in Chelsea right now (laughs) doing absolutely nothing but having a bag of chips. Like, he literally can come here. It's humid enough. He'll lose the 30 pounds, whatever he's got to lose. And look. Yeah, I know his ankles are brittle, but this is MLS. His Lionel Messi's shown you, you as long as you're a number ten, you can walk for a little bit, not run a lot, and so you you can literally play and not hurt yourself here. I, I think Ian Hazard needs a system that allows him to pivot less but still play create. And I think the biggest issue is is he has been played in this winger role where he has to pivot a lot, turn his ankle. And then the ankle breaks or gets hurt or gets fractured. As a 10, he doesn't need to pivot a lot. He can focus faceward versus trying to make turns and cuts. And he can focus on what he's good at, making those quick one-touch passes, taking quick shots off the dime. Mario's looking at me like I'm crazy. If he's healthy, he could take the Gareth Bale role where he he gets a low DP, non-DP deal. And then if he does well, he can come back on a real DP contract. I'm just saying it wouldn't hurt to try. However, I'm more of the thought, as many DC United fans are, 
that you go when you can to the big stuff. And I say he it's another injured player, but I'm just saying go get Paul Pogba. I think Paul Pogba, he he just recently Mario's hating me even more. This is great. Why? Because <laughs> here's why. Victor Paulson. The reason why is Victor Paulson. We'll get to another reason, which is Russell Canals. This offseason, DC and I is going to have to fully either revamp its midfield or find a piece that will fill the Victor Paulson role. There is, and Paul Pogba went to Juventus for a measly 15 million euros last season. He's currently not playing or injured. He needs a refresh. He needs a restart. If he could convince Juventus to let him out early on a free or DC United to a low, low, low purchase price, I could see him being key to a rebuild midfield next season. He could be a key DP. And one thing that DC United never takes advantage of, and I'll say it to the day I die, there is a heavily black population in this D.C. area that is begging to go to D.C. night games or have a reason to go to D.C. night games. Paul Pava is one of their gods. And if you bring Paul Pava, you will bring a large portion of our black community to games to go see him. All right. I agree with that, to be honest with you. I'm not a big Paul Pava fan, mainly because I was a Ma- I'm a Manchester United fan. And I know how that second stint with with Paul Pogba worked out. Now I th- <laughs> and again, if Paul Pogba does come to DC United, uh, yo, you know how much money barbershops are gonna make just trying to style this man's hair, though. <laughs> Some fates are gonna be amazing, immaculate, but, uh, <laughs> crispy, <laughs> crispy. But yeah, I think that'll work because yeah, you're gonna revamp the midfield, and if you're looking. I think more if you're going to if you're waiting go go into the winter tra- the transfer window, there is one guy that could kind of fill his void a little bit. Juan uh, Chope Avila, when he was here, he gave him a jersey, uh, gave him a DC United jersey a couple seasons back. Um, if he does end up leaving Roma on a free at some point, Paulo Dybala. Paulo Dybala is one of the most underutilized midfielders in the world. Paulo Dybala is not only a world champion with Argentina, he is that creative midfielder that you, you can kind of get, if you get him going, he's unstoppable. Not only that, he can also play behind the attacker and he can play in the wing. So he's a versatile midfielder if you want to get him. And I think I've mentioned Paulo Dybala before, but it bears with repeating, you could get a Paulo Dybala type. Because Paulo Dybala fix, can, can serve so many different uses in the or purposes in the midfield that it kind of just works. That's fair. And what helps both of our arguments, really, is the fact that the Players Union has announced and released the list of the 2024 free agency class. For those who don't know, players who played up to a certain amount of years um, – have free agency rights. So according to the rules, players who are 24, at least 24 years old and have five years of MLS service, no cap on the number of free agents that a team can sign, and there is no player exclusivity in terms of salary. And when it comes to DC United's list, we have several who are either have option years 
and one in particular that has he's going to be out of contract, but it's a little speculative. So first, you have those who are out of option in option years coming up is Emil Assad, Ruan, Eric Hurtado, Andy Nahar. Those are everybody who's on an option year come hitting next year. And then Donovan Pines' homegrown deal finally expires. Uh, this information comes from Ryan Kiefer over at the District Press DC. His deal, if DC was to able to renew him or give him a new contract, it would count towards the salary cap, unlike his homegrown deal. So you have a situation there in terms of the defense. Should he uh, move to stay with DC United where he will finally count towards the roster? I look at this and I go, wow, we already know that Emil Saad, he's been kind of in and out, Ruan, Hurtado, Andy specifically, you have that's all your wingers right there in terms of Ruan and Andy. But then we have Russell who got the muscle injury. He's going to be going into an option year next year or his final year of his deal next year. Uh, that's what he told us at the press conference at, uh, at League's Cup. So you have a situation where you could possibly be out of Russell Canals and you're already out. Victor Paulson, who left on a transfer earlier this month. So you have a bare midfield if you're DC United. So based on this list, Mario, the, I feel like everybody has to come back minus Eric Hurtado, to be honest with you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, opinion. I agree. Uh, make it count to your sal- I mean, make it count to the salary cap with Donovan Pines, honestly. Donovan Pines has had a really solid year. And I think that he earned that he will earn that contract. Ron and Andy Nahar, you kind of need them because if they both go, you have no right backs at that point. So that that in itself is you gotta pretty much bring it back. And Yamil Assad, I think, will serve the purpose as someone that can come off the bench and kind of do some things. Not and he's also proven to be a somewhat solid starter and given the opportunity. So he's counting more as an option. Eric Hurtado, on the other hand, he only has one goal, and that was that blatant mistake in League's Cup. Hasn't really done much, so you're you're fine without without needing Eric Hurtado necessarily. But Assad, Ruan, Nahar, and Pines are players that you're gonna have to sign, and especially if you want to go on debt in the depth up for debt purposes, they would help. Especially Ruan and Andy Nahar, because like I said earlier. They go, there goes your right back. There goes your right backs altogether. Well, at least they're on options. Like, if I'm DC United, I'm at least going to use the option. Maybe I re-sign one of them, specifically Ruan. He's the younger one. Maybe you re-sign him to a more team-friendly deal. Um, Assad, it depends. Like, one day he's in, one day he's out. It may depend on how he feels he's being used by Wayne, to be honest with you. Um, you know, starting the season, he was getting used more. And then midway through, he wasn't getting any minutes. And then up until recently, you know, he was finally flowing back in due to Taxi being out, Taxi being hurt. Like, maybe we'll see him take that Taxi role. Maybe he'd be perfect for that role himself. So it, it depends. Um, the Donovan Pines one for me, that's 
Uh, I have a little bit of a bias. Uh, Donovan Bynes, uh, Maryland alum, Maryland alum here. <laughs> so I am clearly with a bias, but I think he's been roster friendly. He's going to have people trying to go get him. Like, this is a guy who, while he wasn't ready for that call up, has call up. He has he has a call up with the U.S. men's national team. He's only making 200k right now. That's not counting towards the salary cap. He'll probably be on that same rate or a little higher if he goes in towards the salary cap, which is still a roster friendly for some clubs. I could totally see a situation where you're a Los Angeles Galaxy and you see you need a restructured backline. Donovan Pine sounds like a good guy to build your back line, especially because you have a history of using more bulkier gentlemen to fix your back line. So I I could only totally see that's a, again, that's a comfortable salary for an MLS club right now, 200 k maybe up to 250. DC9 is going to have to really consider if they want to spend 250 on a uh, defender who, to be honest now, Hasn't started all the games this season. He's been in and out. And who knows what's with this tail run if he's going to be starting a lot of games either. Right. Now, I'm looking at the, as you as you look at the free agency list, uh, first uh, player that comes to mind, and he's coming out of contract too, and if you're willing to shell out the money of your DC United, Miles Robinson could be could be a solid, a solid, a solid, a solid uh, backup to your to what if Donovan Pines decides to leave. Miles Robinson's coming off a contract. I think he's coming out of a home. I think his deal's a homegrown deal, if I'm not mistaken, as well. But Miles Robinson is a pretty good, solid pickup. But again, that's if you're willing to shell out the money if you're DC United, and if he doesn't go to Europe himself, like that's exactly, the other thing you have to think about. Does he go to Europe? Probably will, but you never know. Um, I've seen multiple cases in this league where a guy says, I'm going to Europe, and he turns around, and <laughs> he's not there. Um, he ends up going to another MLS side. So, yeah, I'm with you. Miles Robinson might be something they should pay attention to. There's a lot of guys on this free agency list that DC should keep their eye on. If Dave Casper wants to remind everyone why he's – good at his job this is the chance to do it looking at this free agency class and see who's available who would be great for their team um there's a couple of interesting names on this list i recommend anyone to check it out over on the players association website but that's enough for us this is too long this podcast was supposed to be shorter than what it is but here we are we're still talking because we're trying to be fantasy bookers here on dc united's future (laughs) But uh, hey, uh, one one more name that's coming out. Who's going to be out of contract? You could reunite DC United with Julian Gressel. Hey, some fans would love that. Yeah, I think Julian wants to stay in the East Coast. It's where he's from. That's why he's back at Columbus. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Especially if a certain person is fired. Why not? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, that that's probably the best way I can say it. Uh. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. But that's enough for us here at the Battle of Podcast. So before we let you go, Mario, tell people where they can find out more about you. 
All right. If you want to find out what I'm working on or you just want to read my story on Taxi and DC United Party Ways, you could follow me on Twitter or X is what the, they call it now. At Mario Maya one. You can follow me on Instagram at M underscore Maya 91. You want to know what's going on in the world around you? Just want to know what's going on in the DMV? You can follow El Tiempo Latino on Twitter as well. At El Tiempo Latino. You can go on their website, eltiempolatino.com. And if you just want to put money in my pocket so I could uh, invest it in bringing Paul Pogba to D.C., you could go get yourself a hard copy of El Tiempo Latino at your local newsstand or metro station today. And as always, you can follow me on all my socials at Jose underscore M underscore Mana for more. Special shout out as always to Kel McLeod and Impotech for the intro music. Remember, rate and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher for only the final month, Apple Podcasts, and all your other audio platforms. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Bad Hombres FC podcast, and we will talk to you. Adios. Thank you.